This happens in my family all the time. My wife and I want Chinese, the kids want pizza, and everyone is craving Froyo. Fortunately, there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos, or you can choose your favorite national chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, so just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code STAPLES. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code STAPLES. Don't forget, that's code STAPLES for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show preseason edition. We're actually talking football this week, and, and we have we have shifted hard into actual football this week because if you hear the coaches talk, you hear the players talk, it feels more and more like this is really going to happen, that there's going to be football in at least the leagues that, that are still planning to play. And that means that they're going to be a bunch of guys trying to increase their draft stock, trying to make themselves some money this season. And who better to talk about that than our NFL draft guru, Dane Brugler. Dane just put out his list of the top 50 NFL draft prospects in college football. These would be draft-eligible players. And Dane, we'll, we'll start with the unpleasant part. 21 of your 50 have either had their season postponed or they've opted out. How, how tough is it not getting to watch another year of, of Penny Sewell at Oregon or to see what, what Quiddy Pay does at Michigan, or to see what Sean Way does at Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Penny Sewell is one of the exceptions where, uh, you know, we I think we know what he is. Um, he's a fantastic player who's going to be one of the first players off the board uh, in next April. And But some of those other guys, that, there's a lot of more – uh, an unproven element to their uh, to the, their draft conversations. Sean Wade uh, was a fantastic nickel defender last year for that Ohio State secondary, but he is just doesn't have the sample size of outside reps at corner. And so there's a big there's a missing piece to his evaluation. And he was going to move outside this year for the Buckeyes, and uh, I think he I think his skill set actually translates better on the outside because he's not the most sudden athlete, but he's physical. Um, he's a definitely a good enough athlete, good size, ball skills. I think he would have thrived on the outside, but for evaluators, you have to really just, uh, you know, you have to try and do some guesswork there. We're talking about this limited sample size. I was looking at your list. There's a couple guys that really stuck out to me and that's Rondell Moore from Purdue, who's kind of a do everything skill guy. And then Greg Rousseau, the defensive end from Miami. Rondell had an amazing freshman year, was hurt a lot of last year. Rousseau came on last year, but kind of came on a little bit late and always looked the part physically, but it doesn't seem to have as much tape as some of these other guys. How are NFL teams going to deal with that? Well, it's unprecedented. And, you know, it's, it's something that obviously we haven't seen 
something to this scale before. You know, Nick Bosa, his final year at Ohio State, missed most of that year, still was number two overall pick. He's one of the exceptions. Uh, you know, you go back to Sam Bradford, missing most of his final year at Oklahoma, still the number one overall pick. But for the most part, when you have a guy like Rondale Moore, who, like you said, one of the best freshman seasons we've ever seen uh, at the receiver position, but essentially misses almost all of last year and he won't play this year. And he's 5'9 and 180 pounds. And so uh, you try to, as, as an evaluator, you have to try to figure out, okay, what's he going to look like when he gets to our program? And what does he offer our offense? Because in that Purdue offense, he was mostly a slot receiver. Uh, didn't wasn't asked to be a downfield threat. And, you know, for Purdue, they just wanted to get the ball in his hands the, the easiest way possible. But without that downfield element, we're left kind of with the, there's an unproven part of his scouting report. And with Gregory Rousseau, you the, the potential's off the charts. This is a guy that was a receiver, a DB in high school, and then just as he grew into his body, as he developed, it moves to the uh, defensive line. And last year really put it all together. Still, you would have loved to see one more season uh, at the college level to uh, understand the different nuances of playing the position. He's still the best pass rusher in this draft, but when you watch his film from last year, you see a lot of flashes, just not a ton of consistency, and you want to see him get better. So it, it is tough from an evaluator standpoint uh, and something that really we haven't seen uh, at this level before. So let's talk, Dane, about the guys who came back, who wanted to play this season, wanted to make a little extra money, improve their draft stock, and they're still going to get a chance to play. The one guy who sticks out to me is Dylan Moses, who I would, I would assume had Dylan been able to play last year at Alabama, he'd be in an NFL training camp right now. But he hurts his ACL, he's out for the year. It, it made a huge difference on the Alabama defense if you watch that defense last year. What are, what are teams going to be looking at from him to see you know, if he is you – know, a potential top 10 type pick, or is he kind of a fringe first round, second round type pick? What does he have to do to make sure he gets drafted as high as possible? Well, it all comes down to health with Dylan Moses. And if he's able to uh, return to that pre-injury form, uh, he's one of the top 10 players in this draft. And, you know, he's 6'3", 235, so he looks the part. Uh, but his explosiveness, his closing burst is just phenomenal. And you see him, he can do it in coverage. He can do it as a downhill defender. And, uh, you know, obviously Alabama's got that linebacker pipeline uh, going to the NFL, guys that were first-round picks during the Saban era, like C.J. Mosley and Reuben Foster and Dante Hightower, uh, on and on. And Moses, he's next up in that pipeline. Uh, it just comes down to health. And he needs to show that he's the same athlete that he was before, that he hasn't lost a step. And as long as he does that and the medicals are clean, he's going to come off the board fairly early. Uh, hopefully that you know, we see a full season from him this year. And there's a few guys like that this year who uh, you know, came back for that final. Carlos Basham from Wake yeah. Forest, who really came on last year and had an emergence as one of the top pass rushers uh, in the country. He goes back for his senior year, and uh, you know, he's got a chance to build upon what he did last year and you know, really cement himself in that first-round conversation. Another guy who's kind of in that boat – that I, I didn't think would come back just because of the position he plays is Travis Etienne at Clemson. Yeah, and right. I mean, just he's, it feels like he shows you something different every year. And I, I feel like he, he's way more of a complete back than, than I guess I realized watching him the first couple of years of his career. Uh, and, and the, the just be, the average he can run for uh, what he can do 
out of the backfield, what he can do when he gets some space. It's, it's pretty amazing, but he did come back. And mm-hmm. that tells you that, that he felt like he had something to work on. W- what do you think he needs to show? Yeah, it, uh, last year when he was trying to make his decision, uh, a lot of the feedback he received was second round or maybe you know the fourth or fifth back drafted. And so, yeah, he wants to get himself in that first round. He wants to be one of the first or second running backs off the board. And he's done so much. I mean, he's already, uh, what, the ACC's uh, all-time leader in, in rushing scores. He's got more rushing yards at Clemson than anybody else in the history of that program. So he's already really accomplished. You know, we know what he can do with some of those chunk plays, that start-stop suddenness, the acceleration. That creates those forced missed tackles. Uh, and his ability to make cuts at full speed is something that really jumps off the film and something that I think translates well. It just really comes down to situational versatility for him. He, we know he can do as an athlete. Uh, and Clemson has done a better job of you know, giving him uh, targets and opportunities to make plays in the passing game. But he still only has, uh, you know, not the sample size you want in uh, on third downs in terms of as a blocker, uh, in terms of uh, running routes. I mean, so a lot of times he's just leaking out of the backfield, taking screens. They want scouts want to see more from him. They want to be able to understand. Okay, if we it doesn't matter the situation, second down, third down passing, running, we want to be able to leave him on the field in any situation. And scouts just aren't quite there yet in terms of being proved or in terms of being confident that he can do it. So in order for uh, ETN to prove that, uh, I think he's got a little bit of work to do, uh, but uh, he has all the makings of being, you know, sneaking into that first round. And I think he can do that this year if uh, the Clemson offense is is able to do that. Another guy who's sort of in this boat in the ACC, but I want to talk about him and and some of his teammates because we're going to get the Florida State fans a little excited here because uh, on the college side, we focus mostly on what's wrong with Florida State's offense and the the issues Mm -hmm. with their offensive line and at quarterback. But they have a lot of talent on defense. And Marvin Wilson comes back this year. Uh, You have Marvin, Josh Kando, a defensive end, and Asante Samuel, a corner, in your top 50. And Kando's one that's interesting to me because he's – I remember when when I was doing a story on another player uh, that Kando played with at IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida, uh, the, the, the kids at IMG called Kando the mannequin. Basically, they, they said he looked like an Under Armour mannequin. Uh, and, and he does. He, he looks the part – much like we were talking about with Greg Rousseau. But we haven't necessarily seen that production from him yet. If Marvin can do what, what we think he can do, because Marvin is, is, has played basically from, from zero to five on the defensive line, and then Kando is as good as, as you think, and, Sa- and Asante is as good as you think, I, that, that's a pretty good defense right there. But, but what is Kando's, uh, you know, the distance between where he is now and, and, and the ceiling that you can see for him? Oh, I think his ceiling is top 10, top 15. I mean, he is that type of specimen, 6'6", 260. Uh, he can bend the corner. He's got the length where he can set an edge. Uh, it's just a matter of staying on the field. Last year had that ankle injury that really uh, derailed his season early on in September. And so for him, just about coming back, staying healthy, and showing, uh, you know, do, putting together some of the little tweaks to unlock all of that talent. Uh, and so you, you see it in flashes, you see it in pieces, but being able to use it all in unison to be a more complete player, that's what he needs to do. And so doing a top 50 list like this is really tough, uh, you know, because it's, it's especially beginning of the season, because a lot of these guys, it's 
based on potential, based off of what you think they can do this season. And Kando's part of that conversation because he's one of the top 30 talents uh, in terms of the draft eligible players at the college level. It's just a matter of trying to figure out where he fits right now. I think he could really ascend this year if he's able to unlock all that talent. But uh, I mean, the potential's off the charts. And I, I mean, to a larger point with the Florida State defense, uh, you know, you mentioned the three guys that are on here. Nazaruddin, the safety, just missed. Mm-hmm. He's yep. uh, the top senior safety coming back from an ACL. Uh, Durden on the on the defensive line. Uh, he, he's a quality player. Uh, Janarius Robinson's an edge rusher who right now is projected day three pick. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the seniors on that defense. So, yeah, you're, you make a great point. That Florida State defense is is loaded and it's going to keep uh, the Seminoles in some ball games against Clemson and some of the tougher opponents on the schedule. Yeah, the other side, you're, you're not mentioning any of your offensive linemen because they're, they're not people that you are looking at <laughs> as potential draftees. But, yeah, if they if they can block a little bit, they got a chance to to actually be pretty good because that defense can carry him. And I, I do wonder with a guy like Kando who has that kind of natural ability and that that kind of potential, does it help having someone like Marvin Wilson playing next to him who has has kind of done and seen everything at this point? Yeah, no quite. It's it's a very uh, experienced defensive line. So I think not only Marvin Wilson. Uh, but I mentioned Corey Durden um, and Janarius Robinson. Having an experienced veteran defensive line certainly helps. Uh, and and with with Kando, I mean he's been around. I mean he's not a a you know a, a truly a young guy. I mean he's uh, what I think he's a redshirt junior. Yeah, so, he's you know, his fourth he's, year. Yeah, he's this is fourth year in the program, and it's it's time for him to really you know he's he was a five star guy. Live up to that. All the talent is there, and you know the he's a very toolsy player and now just scouts want to see a more complete package from him in terms of unlocking it all, uh, using that length to his advantage, piecing together his pass rush sequence, uh, understanding what the offense is doing. So he's putting himself in position to make some of those plays, but, and, and honestly, that's the theme of this year's pass rush group. We already talked about Rousseau, uh, Jason Oway at Penn state. Yeah. He's another one who, uh, you know, gross Matos, he moves on. Uh, Owe steps up and to be a starter this year, and unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see him. But he's one of the freakiest athletes uh, at the college level, and so a lot of these pass rushers, uh, you know, Joe Tryon at Washington's another one. A lot of these pass rushers have so much talent. It's just they need to do a little bit more to become better football players. Friday was a big day at the Staples House. Why? Because my new case of chicken ribs showed up. That's right. Chicken ribs. It is chicken. It tastes like ribs. Authentic smokehouse barbecue. They did all the work. They smoked it low and slow. Especially chicken thigh with one bone left through it that you can eat like a rib. It's smothered in pork rub. It tastes like pork ribs, but 75% less fat and fewer calories. These things are great. I eat them all the time, which is why I'm so excited. They got another case of them. And oh, by the way, I'll take you behind the curtain. Just because they're a sponsor doesn't mean they're sending me this stuff for free. This stuff is so good that I'm just buying it and I'm using my promo code Andy to get $10 off my order because I love it. My son who never eats anything loves chicken ribs and it's just a fantastic, great meal that I can get and have ready in seven minutes. Here's how I do it. Take my chicken ribs. I put them in the air fryer for five minutes. Then I coat them with ever so slightly a layer of sauce, just a little thin layer. 
put them back in the air fryer for two minutes. You get that nice candy glaze on them. They are delicious. Great barbecue takes time, but chicken ribs makes it easy. Fully cooked from the smokehouse, chicken ribs are authentic barbecue ready in just minutes. Go to www.chickenribs.com and use the code ANDY today to get $10 off plus free two-day shipping. I just did it. Trust me, it works. Who doesn't love perfectly smoked meat for the big game, whether at home or the tailgate or just for dinner? That's www.chickenribs.com and use the code ANDY for $10 off plus free two-day shipping. What would you say to those guys? Because, you know, the situation right now as we're recording this is the Big Ten is going to try to play, but but try to play starting in January. Would you say like a, an Oway or a Journey Brown or uh, Sean Wade, you mentioned, who, who has not really gotten a chance to play outside corner, would you say they should play or should they prepare for the draft? Yeah, that's so tough. And you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of scouts and a lot of people around the league. And, um, you know, it's 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 really, really tough. And I think it, it, there's no you know sweeping opinion here about what these underclassmen should do. I think it's a case by case basis for Sean Wade. Uh, as much as I would like to see him uh, again in Columbus come back, uh, I, I think that he would be smart. Now, he, already, he just graduated. So he is even though he's a junior, he is eligible for the senior bowl. Uh, so I, if I'm Sean Wade, I'm going to the Senior Bowl next spring whenever they, they end up holding it down in Mobile, and I'm going to be able to show that, hey, I can be an outside corner there, and that's going to make sure that I'm a first-round pick. Uh, now, if I'm Jason Owe, that's, that's a tough, tougher conversation because he's never been a starter before, a full-time starter. Uh, in, uh, as, in reserve duty, he was outstanding last year. I think he had five sacks, a couple of strip sacks uh, really showed up, and you, you see the potential there, enough that I put him in my top 15 on my top 50 board. But without ha- with being more potential than production at this point, it's a it's a tough call because maybe right now Oa uh, if he's not able to show anything maybe he does fall to the second round where if he goes back and he's only a redshirt sophomore so still a very young guy if he goes back for in 2021 maybe he can put himself up in that top 10 top 12 conversation so each one of these guys has a very individual uh, decision to make uh, Journey Brown I think because of the position that he plays. Uh, you know, I mean, Travis Etienne, he might be the first running back drafted. Uh, you know, Najee Harris is going to have uh, some say in, in terms of the, the first running backs off the board. Chuba Hubbard, uh, obviously, with, with he, what he has done at Oklahoma State. Journey Brown, to me, is the most talented of the group. He just doesn't have uh, – he's not as proven. But I still think he'd be one of the first running backs off the board. So if I'm Journey Brown, I'm, I'm, I would lean uh, towards leaving, but I'd certainly understand – if he'd want to come back and show that he could be the bell cow of that offense. Now, another Big Ten guy that we haven't talked about yet is Wyatt Davis, the, the offensive guard from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He's been a, a starter for two years, probably doesn't need any more tape. So the question I'm going to ask of you is more important. Your favorite role as played by Wyatt's dad, Dwayne, <laughs> Featherstone and Necessary Roughness, or Alvin Mack in the program? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. And that's, uh, I feel like Wyatt Davis, he's got a lot of cool things like that uh, in his background. But, I mean, I think I'm going the program. I don't know. What about you? You got to go Alvin Mack. Alvin Mack's one of the yeah, best I mean, football characters. Featherstone's yeah. a one-note character. He, he's a receiver who can run and can't catch. That's, that's it. No, Alvin Mack is, is a complex character. And, you know, it, that is, it got to show Dwayne's range so much more than his role in Under Siege where – he helps uh, Steven Seagal plot the uh, liberation of, of the aircraft carrier and then gets shot within four seconds of them starting. So it was, 
it was important. Great Gary Busey performance in that one. Too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um, the the one one on your list that I think is, is crazy that because of the circumstances, like, okay, North Dakota State's games have been postponed with the exception of they're going to play Central Arkansas on October right. 3rd. So Trey Lance, the quarterback at North Dakota State, and if you haven't read Bruce Feldman's feature on Trey Lance out there in listener land, Google it now. Read his feature on The Athletic because this guy is is outstanding. But more NFL – I mean, because we don't even know if anybody's going to be allowed to be at the game, but that's right. a game that every NFL scout's going to want to see. No doubt, yeah. And not only for him, but Central Arkansas has a corner, Rochelle, who uh, is going to be drafted in April. So uh, more more than just uh, Trey Lance, North Dakota State's got a few other guys that with draftable grades. But there's no question, yeah, Trey Lance is the star of the show. He's the main attraction. And what an interesting decision he has to make. He's only a redshirt sophomore. He's played one season at the college level uh, last year, and he was a redshirt freshman. 42 touchdowns he was responsible for. Zero interceptions. Uh, but when you really, you know, you look at it, that offense protected him so much. Yeah. I mean, they averaged something like 45 rush attempts per game. And meanwhile, he averaged, I think, like 17 and a half pass attempts per game. So he was really protected by that offense. But nonetheless, I mean, the, the highlights that he put together, just a really, really unique talent. Re- reminds me a lot of a bigger Kyler Murray with just his athletic profile, the way he can uh, put the ball anywhere he wants on the field. Uh, you know, Kyler is probably maybe a little more accurate, uh, naturally accurate, where uh, I think Lance is a, a, one of the areas where he can improve. But Man, just such a talent. And so if you're Trey Lance, do you even play in that game? Because if you if you say you have an off day and you struggle just a little bit, we're going to start poke, poking more holes in him. And, you know, if you do great, then you're supposed to. You're already being talked about as a top, uh, you know, 10 player in this draft. And then absolute worst case scenario, you get injured or something, you know, something along those lines. So uh, I, I don't know. If I'm Trey Lance and I'm leading towards going pro – it would be tough to play in that game. Now, I'm sure he wants one last hurrah with his teammates and you know go out uh, in a big way, but he has a tough decision coming up, not just the NFL, but to play in this game or not uh, in early October. So it's, it's a really interesting situation. One guy that, that jumped out at me when I read what you wrote about him in your top 50 is, is Georgia defensive tackle Jordan Davis because you said yeah. if anybody is capable of a, a Quinnen Williams-type jump, and, and for those who remember, Quinnen Williams went from being a 3-4 defensive end who barely played to the most dominant nose in the country overnight practically. And now Jordan Davis is a little bit different story. He's, he's been playing there, but – that Georgia defense is, is an interesting one to me, Dane, because it's such a good unit. They, they were statistically the best defense in the SEC last year without a lot of superstars. But Davis might be that superstar. Yeah, and I think you know, I, can, I can just picture Kirby Smart uh, you know, looking over this and just kind of cringing because he, he doesn't want to see Jordan Davis on this list Rat because poison. he hasn't. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't played like a top 50 player just yet. But when you're talking six, six, three thirty, the movement skills that he offers, the natural power, he's just such a gifted player. And so you want to see more, uh, more production. And that's why I threw out the Quinn and Williams, uh, thing there. If, you know, Quinn and Williams, uh, really exploded on the scene and took advantage of the opportunity 
where you know Jordan Davis, he's going to have that opportunity. And I think to the larger point with that Bulldogs defense, there's a couple of those guys. I mean, Tyson Campbell at corner, uh, one of the uh, a former five star guy, another guy that made this top fifty list that scouts are buzzing about, has not been consistent at all. But the traits are terrific. Uh, Monty Rice at linebacker, he's going to get drafted uh, next spring. Uh, you look at this uh, in the secondary at corner. Uh, I think DJ Daniel at, could be the first senior uh, corner drafted at a Georgia. And then they also have Eric Stokes back there. So it is a loaded Georgia defense and it, it's going to start up front. And I think Jordan Davis has a chance to really ascend throughout the process. If he plays like uh, we know that he's capable of. So now I want to ask you about the guys who just missed your list. You mentioned one earlier from Florida state, but who were some of the guys that you, you sh- were, ready to put on and then thought, okay, I, I just can't quite get them into the top 50. Yeah, it, it's tough because I hated leaving some of these guys off. Uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State, um, you know, I think he's he's somewhere in that second round mix. And so uh, he just missed from this, uh, this list. Um, I think when you look at uh, Minnesota, the right tackle, uh, Fayale, or the Daniel left tackle. Fayale. Yeah, 6'9", you know, 390, 400 pounds. Oh, just, I mean, just, just give him the 400, Dane. It, <laughs> in fact, when, when I was talking about the, the, team, the teammates calling Josh Kando the mannequin, I was down at IMG doing a story on Daniel Falele. <laughs> yeah. Who well, had yet to play a game depends. yet, by the way. Yeah, it, it probably depends what he had for breakfast this morning. But, it, you know, he, he might be tipping uh, the 400 easily. He's just he's so different, you know, and we just haven't really seen many guys like him. He, he's heavy-footed like you would expect – a 400 pounder to be but when you're so wide and you can cover so much ground uh sometimes you can compensate for that so uh you know he just missed uh, amon ross st brown the receiver at usc uh he just missed we won't be able to see him uh, a couple defensive tackles j2 fele from usc uh on Wazerke from washington another one uh linebackers Chaz Surratt from north carolina the former quarterback uh, you know, I, I think, you know, he's really done a tremendous job making that transformation to being a full-time defensive player. You see the athleticism. Uh, you know, LSU, they had the best offensive line in college football last year. One of the guys coming back, Ed Ingram, uh, I, I have a lot – I was blown away by him. I think he's a really good player. That's You know, it's hard to go to LSU and be underrated, but I think Ed Ingram qualifies. He's one of the better guards that I've seen. So – a few of these guys just miss, uh, but you know it's it's we're, hopefully we're going to be able to see a few of these guys, and it's, the list will fluctuate throughout the throughout the fall and the chance to when we see these guys on on film. So, is there anybody that you're looking at that, that could make a a Joe Burrow type leap? That and and really, if we think about it, the last the last three drafts, the the number mm-hmm. one overall pick was not someone we were talking about as a potential number one overall pick. I mean, Baker Mayfield was coming off a very good season, was going to be a Heisman candidate, but nobody was thinking of Kyler Murray in those terms. Kyler Murray was going to go play for the Oakland days. Uh, obviously, Joe Burrow was going to get drafted, but nobody thought he'd be drafted number one at this time last year. Is there anybody that you're looking at who could potentially make a big leap I mean, the, the chances of us having a Joe Burrow, obviously, you know, uh, very slim. Uh, it's not going to happen. But I, I do I do think that there are two guys that really stand out as possible answers to that question. Uh, you know, first, I think Kyle Trask, just when you look at his background, you know, not starting in high school, coming in last year as, you know, getting this first significant action in so many years, 
he played fairly well. Uh, you know, wasn't a Heisman contender by any means, but did enough where he was helping Florida win football games. And so, you know, you look at Joe Burrow's junior year at LSU, it was kind of similar where he was doing enough to help them win games, but he wasn't taking over games. Okay, well, now that Kyle Trask has that experience under his belt, what does he look like now as a senior? Is he able to take that next step? Uh, you know, I think he's duking it out with guys like Sam Ellinger um, and, you know, Jamie Newman, Kellen Mond, trying to be that first senior quarterback drafted. Uh, so I think he, if he takes another step in his development, he could be that guy. And then the other guy that really stands out as a possible answer to that is Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, that and, is a good you know, one. Look, we got to look out for Cincinnati this year. They're, they're going to be, uh, yeah, they're going to be real good. And, and, and with only, only team in Ohio playing right now. And I, I'm, I'm, as an Ohio guy, let me tell you how many times, uh, you know, I've, I've had to hear about that and how, you know, not, people here are not happy. But uh, Desmond Ritter, I mean, it, Cincinnati has a chance to even push for a playoff spot with the Big 12, SEC, ACC. Uh, you know, if they beat each other up and the ACC or Cincinnati goes through the ACC and, is able to you know make some noise it's because Desmond Ritter had a pretty good year and all the talent is there easy arm strength easy rpms on his fastball uh you know he has placement on his throws he's a very uh, mobile athlete good sized kid uh loves to talk trash he's really in tune with the game but you know he just needs to tweak some of some of the things with his passing mechanics and so i think Desmond Ritter could be one of those players that uh, a sense throughout the process if Cincinnati is able to have the season we think they're capable of. I'll throw another one out there at you, and it's a guy you just mentioned offhand, and that, that's Jamie Newman at Georgia because yeah. he was a pretty pretty good quarterback at Wake Forest. He's gonna is have he going to start uh, at Georgia? I think he's going to start at Georgia. I, okay. I think he'll start over JT Daniels. And, and the thing about it is, you know, I think you put the kind of weapons around him that he's going to have at Georgia, and he's going to look right. very very – you know, it's not Burrow because Burrow was going from Ohio State to LSU. It, mm-hmm. That's apples to apples. This is this is oranges to apples. Where you know, at Wake he had some good players. He had Sage Surratt, but did not have like there wasn't a George Pickens there. There wasn't a Zamir White there. There wasn't there right. wasn't that kind of line in front of him. And I think he's a smart guy. And and then you you put him with Todd Munkin, who kind of a you know, mishmash. He's coming now, coming in from the NFL. He's with the Browns last year, but he ran the the offense at Oklahoma State in 2011 with Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman. So, kind of a little bit of everything. And I think Jamie Newman, being as experienced as he is and as smart as he is, is going to pick that up. Even though they didn't have a traditional spring practice or anything, I, I'm just saying, watch that. I don't know if it's going to be a burrow like leap because I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like that again. But Newman with that around him could be really, really good. Yeah. And I think he'll get a few extra bonus points for uh, doing it in such a quick time where there's all these challenges in front of him. I mean, not having as much practice time with his new teammates and, you know, a first year offensive coordinator in that program. And so, you know, if he's able to overcome a lot of that, he'll definitely get some extra bonus points from scouts. Yeah. And and that's one of those things I, I would imagine if you're a quarterback taking over a situation this year, whether you're a first-time starter or like Jamie Newman coming in as a transfer, if you master an offense quickly and can show NFL scouts that you can do that, that's got to help because that's something, of course, you're going to be asked to do in the league. 
Right. No question. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, he's going to learn under an offensive coordinator. Like you said, that he was in the NFL uh, last year. He's been in the NFL for a lot of years. So that's uh, that's a great opportunity for him to learn from someone with NFL experience. That's something that will not go unnoticed uh, by evaluators. Dane, I've got my list made. I've got your list. I've added to it. I can't wait to see the next one. Uh, now I'm getting fired up because there's, there's games. We, we got we got Central Arkansas and Austin P this weekend, so it's yeah. it's coming. I'm ready to watch. You ready? You ready to watch some football? Oh, I can't wait. Like I said, watch for uh, Rochelle, uh, Central Arkansas running back number nine or cornerback number nine. He's he was also on the freaks list. He's got a chance to get drafted somewhere in the in the mid rounds. Uh, a really quality player. So even though I know people are looking at it and seeing Austin P, Central Arkansas, but hey, this is college football and. We just can't take it for granted anymore. Well, and listen, Rochelle's going to be all over our TVs because we got him on Saturday night against yeah, Austin P. And they play right? UAB on Thursday. So Jeez. it's going to be great. Dane, thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks, Andy.